D-S-N-Y. I mean, it, it was a nightmare without you last week trying to figure out how it works. I could have given you my account information. I don't think you would steal it. No, that, that would have made a lot of sense. And also, let me change the view here. There we go. Much better. Yeah, so, uh, it didn't didn't really sound as good on Skype and had a whole whole yeah, issue yes. getting it getting it up and running with Max. He didn't have any video, so I couldn't make a clip of our favorite stats genius Max, uh, which sucked. Uh, but it was it was well, good. Nice. And you just you didn't have me, but the queen is back. I am I have arrived. I'm so sorry to leave you all hanging. It's okay. The Queen is back for episode 88 of the Bleacher Creatures Yankees podcast presented by Elite Sports New York, Crossing Broad, Warwick Gaming, and XL Media. As always, brought to you by Rivercrest NYC. And this is going to be one of those podcasts where the first 10 minutes or so, give or take, are just going to be super depressing. And it sucks that we have to talk about this, but we kind of do. We do. Yes. Um, I mean, I'm assuming you're just you're just going right into it, like throwing oh, yeah. me into the fire, throwing everyone into the fire, really. Yeah, right out of the gate. Let's go. Let's get real. Okay. So um obviously the the biggest story just broke this morning. I woke up this morning and I was like, what is going on? The New York Mets have been doing some fabulous things with, you know, trading people and signing people and, you know, getting their team all built up and stuff. Real good vibes. Um, their GM was just fired this morning, uh, Jared Porter. Uh after ESPN reported that he sent a female reporter sexually explicit and unsolicited texts. So let's let's specify the number, 62. 62 unanswered 62. texts. 62, mm-hmm. yep. So listen, um, as a female in sports, obviously not to the level of these you know, big female sports reporters, I just wanna say, and I don't know if this comes as a shock to anyone, but this happens all the time. And you know what? I am so proud of Steve Cohen for right away, obviously going to Twitter saying there should be zero tolerance for this behavior and just getting rid of him and basically slandering him, which is fabulous in my eyes. But this shit happens so freaking often. And you guys have no idea. I mean, even just like sometimes to me, I will get like DMs and people that just keep messaging, keep messaging. And they're like, hey, you're pretty. You're a female sports reporter. But just because I'm a female sports reporter does not give you the right to slide into my DMs and bother me and harass me. So, you know what? Obviously not to the same extent. I'm not doing that at all. But I will say that Coley Harvey had it right earlier today when he posted on Twitter as well. Um, basically, now is the time. I'm glad the Mets did it to listen to females and believe females. Um, you know, a lot of times when stories come out about domestic violence or uh, harassing, people are like, oh, well, you know what? They're just using this person to get some clout off of it. No, 
no you you have to believe women this is terrible it's a terrible look for porter i'm really surprised that you know no one picked up on it sooner or figured this out sooner but i'm very proud of the woman that came forward and i'm very proud of um the mets for taking a stand yeah and that's that's another thing that you touched on right there uh that people are so quick some people not all people are so quick to just not believe it or write it off um one person yesterday who uh, i mean i i get this kind of stuff makes me really angry because i do i like i work with you all the time, all day, every day. I know how knowledgeable you are about the Yankees, about baseball, and it is such a treat to be able to work with you on all this stuff. Because let's be real, you know more about the Yankees than I do, and I never take that for granted. Um, but one person, Brett Schur, uh, he writes for the Free Beacon. That's right, I'm just calling him straight out because he's just a monumental Ooh. asshole. Said ESPN was wrong for holding on to this report until Jared Porter became this big name, and now all of a sudden they're ready to report it. I mean, if you just read the article, it explicitly said this woman did not want the story out there. She did not want her name attached. Right. She still doesn't have a name attached because she fears retribution. She was a foreign reporter. She fears retribution from people in her country uh because culturally it's different there and and she will be looked at differently for being a victim of jared porter's actions and it's just i mean it was right there it was like the fourth paragraph of the story where it says this woman did not want to do this in 2017 when espn found out about it they respected those wishes which i commend and now in 2020 she sees this guy become the gm she says you know what like i i can't stand by this because I know the kind of person this man is. So I am going to now put this story out there. Hopefully still not have my name attached. I think somebody referenced the country that she was from. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know who that was, but I'm sure a name is going to appear at some point, which it's not yeah. the goal of this. Um, right. but, you know, kudos to her for, for being brave enough now in 2020 right. to say this, uh, this person is not fit for this role. This person is not a fit to be the face of a baseball organization because he, I mean, he's a misogynistic asshole. What else, what else can you say about it? Right. And you know, the other facts too, and you really kind of mentioned this as well, um, you know, with her being a reporter and I, I assume she's still doing reporting, having to look up there. She's and not, she, she, she left journalism completely. Oh, okay. She went back to her home well, country and left journalism completely. Okay. So, I mean, just even seeing this guy's face all over the place, you know, like even if she has some semblance of, you know, following sports still, like you're, you're still seeing him. Um, I also really, really happy that they have not released her name. And I think a lot of people are like, we want to know, we want to know, but you know what? That's, that's none of your business. All you need to know is that Jared Porter did something really bad and continuously did things are really bad, denied it multiple times. And now the screenshots and the pictures come out and there's no hiding from it anymore. Um, so I'm super, super proud of her for sharing. And I'm really glad that her name has not been released because it's not a, a fame grab. It's not a money grab. This is for her. And it probably makes her feel so much better to get this off her chest. So good for her. And I'm really glad that nothing has been reported in terms of the names. Absolutely. And just to put uh, a little bit of a bow on it, uh, for people, it's especially different in this case because 
Jared Porter could have been a source for her. She was a reporter. She could have been, he could have been a source in the organization, in the Cubs at the time for her, for stories that she wanted to write. And that's why they exchanged information in the first place. And then instead of the two of them being professional, he sends message after message after message, ending in, in a, an explicit text message of his manhood, as Kyle so eloquently put it yesterday. Um, it's just, I mean, the, it's an abuse of power is what it is. He's trying to take advantage of a female reporter because he sees himself as a source of information for her. He knows that she can't just block his number because she might need it in the future. So it's just 62 messages. And this is the thing I will never, never understand about these situations. What about message number 62? Did you think, you know what will get her to like me? An unsolicited picture of my dick. What? I, okay, what? It doesn't make any sense. What about, what about message message 30? Yeah, what take about a message hint. 21? Take like, a hint. Does it really take 60, 62 messages to be like, oh, maybe, maybe this is not good. No, the no. number the number is three messages. If I send anybody three <laughs> unanswered text messages, they're erased from my brain because we no longer yeah, we no longer have a relationship. They don't they don't exist to me anymore because they don't want to talk to me. I don't really want to talk to them anymore. It's over. But sixty two, and you never took a hint, really. Yeah, that's just that's just an excuse. He knew exactly what he was doing. And you're absolutely right. Using that position of power and that position of especially her being in the journalist world, um, using that position to really just take advantage of it is just it's sickening. And I'm very glad I'm proud of the Mets for doing what they did as soon as they as soon as the report came out. And I'm proud of Steve Cohen for speaking up and just being like, listen, I, this is what I said at the press conference. I stick to this. And that's why I like Steve Cohen. And that's why maybe I might be a fan of the Mets. I don't know. Yeah. You don't know. It's, it's good to see the, when we were thinking of a culture change in the Mets organization, we were thinking, you know, they're going to influx some money and they're going to become winners and they're going to try to win baseball games instead of just yeah, make like money. Slowly. Yeah, this is, this is not no, this the first culture is, challenge I expected. This one is a, you know, just a big wave. That was a wave crashing, crashing on land. Yeah, no, it's done. Um, so yeah, good, good for the Mets for firing him. Um, there's talk that MLB might suspend him from the league so he can't get a job anywhere else. Um, yeah, I don't but really, for how long? Yeah, I don't, I don't know for how long, and I don't know you even know? after that who's who's going to take that PR hit to hire Jared Porter. There are plenty of other capable GMs around the league, plenty of other people who could do this. Max Greenfield, maybe he should be the Mets' new GM. Ooh, Steve, give him a call. Yes, we'll get back to tweeting at Steve Cohen to hire Max. We try, we're trying, we're trying. Every day, every day. It's just like clockwork. You wake up in the morning, you got to tweet at Steve Cohen. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so now that we have covered the depressing stuff, let's get yes. into the exciting Yankees news. First and foremost, DJ LeMayhew officially, officially back in pinstripes. Oh my gosh, best news to wake up to last week. And now I called my dad tonight and I was like, dad, you do realize that now I can officially wear the DJ LeMayhew jersey you got me. 
last year for my birthday because I couldn't wear it during the season. And then I got nervous in the off season because I was like, he hasn't signed yet. Like, what if he leaves? So first and foremost, most important thing, I can wear that now. Absolutely. He's back on a six-year, $90 million deal. That is significant uh, because now the Yankees have a little bit more room to work with in the cap. Uh, every year, it's only going to be a $15 million hit. Uh, that six-year has, pe- has a little bit of people nervous, but let's be honest. I'm, I'm not concerned about DJ's six-year production, even if he's not living up to the $15 million a year as a 38-year-old. I am positive. That when you look back on DJ's Yankee career, he will have well outplayed his earnings. So I'm not worried about that six year. I'm actually glad that it that they gave him the six year so that they have a little bit more room to work within the budget. I think also it really kind of, you know, everyone was talking about how DJ wants so much money, so much money. I really think he was just pushing for the longevity and the you know, the stability, to be completely honest, you know, obviously the money is important, sure. But, you know, he took a very team friendly deal. And the fact that he's got six years until he's 38 years old, gives his family a little bit more stability to know where they're going to be, you know, they're not going to have to up and move after two years, like things like that. I feel like that's super important. And I feel like that's what he was kind of looking for. Absolutely. It's a win-win for both sides. DJ gets paid. He gets stability. The Yankees get a two-time MVP candidate already, the reigning AL batting champion, uh, someone who is just the perfect locker room presence. I mean, you saw immediately when he re-signed, every single Yankee was on Twitter, Instagram, just hyping up DJ like, let's go. This guy is back. Uh, This is just, it it had to happen. Uh, Last week, Max Mm -hmm. was saying, I am 95% sure DJ will be back and we could wake up tomorrow and DJ LeMahieu is a New York Yankee again. That is exactly how it happened. So Max Greenfield again, Um, genius. (laughs) Yes, no, that was wonderful news from last week and probably just my favorite thing this offseason. Although, you know, thinking about it, that does mean that Glaber Torres is your shortstop. So respect him. Let the man grow in his position. Okay, just let's let's work with it. Yeah, I mean, that is just what it is now. Glaber Torres is going to be the shortstop for the foreseeable future. They're not going to, they're not going to move him to third base and go pursue another shortstop in the free agent market next year. Uh, They're not going to trade Glaber Torres. It is Glaber Torres's time at shortstop. Let's just try to support him. Hope that he becomes at least a league average defender. Uh, 2020 was a little bit of a down year for him. Uh, He got it going in the playoffs though. And let's just, I mean, we know how talented Claver Torres is. And what is he now? 23, 24, like 24. 24 now going into his age 24 season. He has nothing but time to improve and become a, a everyday MLB shortstop. We don't know if he will, but he's got a chance. So, uh, yeah, just get over it. Okay. Yeah, you want to DJ, back, that's what you got. And now you get this. So take it, take it. Take it. Just take it and run. Uh, The other big news from the weekend, uh, Corey Kluber signing for a one-year deal at $11 This is a way higher value than I thought it was going to be and weirdly makes me more confident that Kluber is going to be 
you know, closer to his 2017 production than his 2019 production. And right. I'm, yeah, confident that the injury history is past him, confident because other teams were willing to give similar contracts to him. You know, Brian Cashman's not going to get played out here. He's going to do his due diligence for a guy like Corey Kluber, make sure that he is 100% healthy. And by the way, the person in charge of Corey Kluber's rehab, Eric Cressy, our strength and conditioning coach. Uh, so I am fully confident that Corey Kluber is going to be a solid to pretty good pitcher for the Yankees in 2020. Yeah, I'm super, super excited about this. And I know we've talked about this before, and obviously the expectations cannot be um, way too high for him because, you know, he's definitely getting older. He's coming off injury. It's just, you have to, it is what it is. But obviously you've got Eric Cressy that was basically watching his entire rehab. You've also got Matt Blake on staff too. Worked with him in Cleveland. Former pitching coach. Yep. So listen, this this could be a really really great thing. Um, obviously, this probably means the Yankees will not uh, go after Masahiro Tanaka, who I believe is looking for a one year between like 18, 20 mil. And you um, also have to remember that he has a standing offer to go back to Japan for the right. equivalent of twenty five million for one year. Right. Exactly. So um, probably not, which which makes me very, very sad. But at the same time, I like the direction that the Yankees are going. They're really trying to get that that solid established veteran in the rotation. That's not just Garrett Cole. And who knows, Corey Kluber could come off of injury and he could be absolutely incredible in the Bronx. He could be back to, like you said, his 2017 self. We just don't know. And it's really not a huge, huge risk to take, but it's a good thing to know that they are one year, 11 mil. That's, that's a pretty good deal for a guy that has been doing well in his throwing sessions. Absolutely. And now that we've mentioned Masahiro Tanaka, I will bring up my one complaint about the Yankees in the last week and a half or so. I yes. am not a fan of them letting Tanaka walk. I know his asking oh, price no. is high, but I mean, this is a World Series caliber team. I don't, I don't care about the luxury tax. I know they want to stay under the luxury tax. I don't care about it. This is not the time. This is the time when you say, these are the pieces we need to give us the best chance to win a championship. Let's go get them. The Masahiro Tanaka's $20 million if we give them. I'm sure we can get them for like 15 on a one-year deal and maybe get a little bit of hometown discount to keep them Major League Baseball. But I mean, that is, if you're going into the postseason with a front three of Garrett Cole, Corey Kluber, uh, and I mean, Luis Severino and Masahiro Tanaka, if that's your playoff rotation, mm-hmm. I am thrilled. Any one of those guys can shut out an opposing team and give you the best chance to win that baseball game. So I don't care about the luxury tax. I just want my Masa back. As long as Didi Gregorius is not on the other side, you know, Corey Kluber, you know. Yeah, of course. Uh, DD. You, you you don't know. No, no, uh, no. I see DD going to the Angels, <laughs> so that is DD Gregorius will be not in the playoffs most likely. Oh, okay. All right, that makes sense. Um, yeah, that's a stellar rotation. That like is a rotation sent from heaven above. That would be perfect, especially because you went into last year's postseason with Garrett Cole, Masahiro Tanaka, and then huh? 
Like that literally was the rotation. Question marks, just straight up question marks. And this is what me and Max were talking about all last week. I don't want to hear about potential anymore. I don't want to hear potential because this is a World Series caliber team. I want proven starters. I want people who are going to come in and give us a good chance to win playoff baseball games. I don't want a Davey Garcia and Clark Schmidt could be awesome. They could be great this year. Or we could see that they're young pitchers who just aren't quite there yet. And you just don't know what's going to happen. I want proven assets. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry that you've had enough. Um, but yeah, I think this is this is a smart move towards it. So obviously, fingers crossed that Luis Severino comes back pretty strong too, or works his way up to it. We, we shall see. I guess uh, it's just a waiting game now until spring training starts. Just a waiting game. Yes. And now we are running extremely low on quote unquote cap space because we can just go over the luxury tax whenever we want, but they don't want to. Mm-hmm. So we're running low on cap space. Uh, okay. Joe Musgrove was the number one pitcher that everyone was circling and saying, Hey, his money fits into what we want. Uh, he is heading to the San Diego Padres. And he has two years of team control too, right? Yep. Yep. He is. He is arbitration eligible. Uh, I think this is his first year of arbitration. Uh, so he is going to have plenty of control for the Padres. Uh, I mean, in 2022, they're going to have Chris Paddock in the bullpen. Uh, so they stole right, him from the ridiculous. Yankees. That is ridiculous. Um, here's my question for you. Do you think the Yankees would go over the luxury tax if it means they can bring back Brett Gardner on a five mil deal? Ooh, that just is five mil. just five mil. Just that's let him come back one. from his farewell season. You know, I honestly, I think, I think Brett Gardner is at the point where it's just the last day of uh, free agency, like right before spring training starts, and it's just like, okay, like this is how much cap room we have left. Brett, will you take this? Yep, sure. Let's go. Let's go. Another year. It's just whatever we have left. Just, Brett Gardner's I mean, just getting. Yeah. It definitely seems like at this point, you know, they say they want him back, obviously, but they only have so much room to work with. And, you know, if they want to get potentially another starting pitcher, things have to move. So I was just wondering, would the Yankees be willing to do that for my man, Brett Gardner? Let's say yes. I would be forever indebted to the Yankees organization forever. For going over the luxury tax for Brett Gardner. I would get it tattooed on my forehead in debt to Yankees, like right there. I don't have a tattoo, but I would get one for them. For them. Of course. I know how much you love Brett Gardner. We were Max mentioned last week. They might not bring him back. Maybe he retires. I was very glad that you weren't there to hear that. Uh, But even if he comes back, I know, you know, Clint Frazier, that's his spot. Now he is the everyday left fielder. I feel like Brett Garner would come back in a role like they they basically placed Jacoby Ellsbury in. Pinch runner, you know, durable backup, have you there. You are not going to be an everyday player. If the Yankees sign him and say, oh, yeah, you'll be an everyday player. No, that can't happen. But he's, I feel like he has to, his presence has to be there because if it's not, I die. Yeah, who is who is the leader on the team if Brett Gardner doesn't come back? We have to go all the way down to Aaron Judge, Garrett Cole, and DJ LeMayhew. Like those are the veteran presences, and they're like, oh, "What is Aaron Judge? Twenty seven? 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he ju- he's still in arbitration. They settled this year, which was great, obviously. Oh, yeah. That was the other news. The Yankees all settled. Yes, so we don't have to hear about how much of a dick Randy Levine is during arbitration hearings. Right. We don't have to hear him talk about how Dellen Batanzas isn't a closer. No, none of that this year. None of that. Everybody's getting a good deal. Everyone's happy. Everyone's happy, and we get Glaber Torres for four million, and that just makes me even happier. <laughs> so happy. We love Glaber Torres. We're gonna see uh, this year. It's it's gonna be. There's gonna be some extension talks with Aaron Judge this year. Uh, otherwise sure. he's, he's getting dangerously close to free agency if you don't extend him after this season um, so who knows maybe we have some more stuff to talk about next year with Aaron Judge we can finally have that conversation of has he stayed healthy enough to warrant a long-term extension that I know we're both looking forward to having right it's a big year for Aaron Judge I mean he is on the verge of you know potentially going into free agency so we should we should see what happens keep a careful eye on him Absolutely. Uh, the other thing, the Yankees have to remove two people from the 40-man roster to make room for uh, DJ LeMayhew and Corey Kluber. It's brought up some possible trade proposals, including Adam Adovino, who makes a ton of money. Uh, do you think that Adam, Adam Adovino is an actual trade target? Um, I think... He is because people would definitely want him. I feel like he's definitely an asset in the bullpen, but I don't know. It's a tough one. I mean, when you got that big a contract, yeah, if you can dump it, dump it, but you have to make sure that your bullpen is still stable. I mean, you have Chad Green out there who sometimes is great and sometimes is eh. And then you've got Luis Sessa who should be a closer, but is not. (laughs) Um, you know, things like that. So you really have to analyze the bullpen and and see if if he's able to have a bounce back season or if you're just going to give up on him. I mean, any team would want him, to be completely honest. I don't see teams saying, eh, yeah, no thanks. Yeah, of course. But again, he does have a lot of money attached to him. And the reason he keeps getting brought up is because he had a bad 2020 season and he's got that money attached to him. And all of a sudden the Yankees are under a quote unquote financial crunch and they need to get people off their 40 man roster to bring people back on. So who knows? Uh, I don't, I don't know if I would mind seeing Adovino traded. I don't, I mean, he can't get lefties out. <laughs> he can't get lefties out. And without Tommy Canely That's down there. Job. Yeah. And with, with the three batter minimum and without Tommy Canely, he's going to have to face left-handed hitting at some point. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. Yeah, no, I've, I've heard the rumors and, you know, everything going around, but um, didn't know how much truth there potentially could be to them. But I don't I don't think there's any truth, real truth to it. But it is an interesting name to kind of toss out there and be like, maybe this is where the Yankees get that extra money for another starter. Hmm, very true. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess it really depends on, you know, are they looking for more long term starters or are they going to, you know, go to the bullpen early like they've done all year if you have starters that are going to give you length the bullpen obviously is important but not quite as important as it was last year yeah otherwise we're gonna have to dfa ben heller again or something like that poor man just getting up and down with the yankees nobody claims him he just goes back to the minor leagues and gets added back to the 40 man like two months in just go up to him be like ben i i know i know okay i'm gone and then, it's, you know, a month it's later, cool. it's ben! cool. 
Um, all right. I think that's all I have for Yankees news. We covered the major topics uh, to finally the Yankees are actually doing something, which is fantastic. And they did it all in a row too, which was kind of real exciting too. Absolutely, We were definitely just waiting to find out how much money DJ LeMahieu was going to make before we go out and be like, all right, let's now let's spend the rest of this money on addressing other team needs. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, no, it was a pretty exciting weekend. Um, Hopefully as, as it narrows down towards spring training, we'll have a little more excitement too, because there's still some, uh, still some names on the block. Trevor Bauer's still out there. Oh, I, I, Trevor Bauer is not coming to New York. <laughs> 100% not. Um, I don't, I honestly don't know where he's going to go. I, Toronto kind of makes sense. Uh, but like everywhere else for what he's asking for, I mean, he's asking for Garrett Cole money for a one year deal. And I'm yeah. just, I don't know if anyone's Cy Young season. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's going to come close to paying him that. <laughs> Probably not. And I think he'll start to realize that as he makes the rounds and people are like, listen, like for a one year deal, we no. <laughs> yeah. I like him for the angels too. I like, I like Bauer and Tanaka going to the angels and maybe then they can actually be a competitive team. Cause I mean, what are you going to do when your ace is Dylan Bundy? You just can't have that. Yeah. That's, that's not a good sign. Not a good sign. Uh, all right. Do you have any other Yankees baseball related news? I don't believe so. I think that is that is all I have on, on the docket today. All right, then we will wrap it up there, and we'll see you all next week. Sounds good.